Magicians can amaze us at times with their sleight of hand tricks. You can be in a department store and you can all of a sudden be scared because you think the mannequin behind you is actually a person. The point is, at times, our, we forget how easy our eyes can be deceived. Same thing goes with our ears, right? I'm guessing you've all heard a noise before, but it really wasn't there, and yet you were convinced that you heard something. Our minds are supposed to be very rational, and yet even the wisest of minds can be deceived. Have you ever worried yourself to the point where you felt like you were going to get sick or you did get sick? but there was no medical reason for it. If so, your mind tricked you and itself. And my point is that we see here that deception, deception's everywhere. And in the text and in this chapter of James, the reminder is that, you know what, deceptions in this world, they affect our lives in other ways too. We know that we should prepare for the future. But if you watch the news, you wonder, should I? Because is there even going to be any type of future for me? As Christians, we know that we are to love our neighbor. And yet then our minds start to think, but we have so many things that we need for ourselves. And you know, there are so many people out there that are trying to take advantage of me. Why should I show love to somebody else. And in the process, we don't know where to turn or what to think, and so we turn our hearts inward and focus only on us and our lives. And I think you'd agree that only seems to be magnified in our day and age. And this world, this world loves to open up its arms and reinforce these ideas to our ears, into our eyes, into our hearts, into our mind, and give us the idea that true security, true happiness, those things, they can only be found in the things of this world. And what happens is our minds, our minds swallow that idea hook, line, and sinker. We are bombarded every single day with the idea, with the reassurances that what pleases our senses is what we need to have a happy and secure and meaningful life. God forgive us for every time that we've bought in to that type of deception. In the face of the world's lies, our text speaks out of the context of temptation. The three verses leading up to our text, that's really what James is talking about here in verses 13 through 15. And so we have a bridge. We have a bridge toward understanding that what makes for a godly life is what James is going to share with us now. He goes and he says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Which, of course, is what temptation is all about, right? That's what it's trying to do. It tries to deceive us. But see, the Greek word, the Greek word has a lot packed into it when it comes to the idea of being deceived. It can mean to lead astray, to think twice, absence of a goal, to be mistaken, aimless conduct, and entanglement. 
And so when James tells us, don't be deceived, he's saying more to you and me than, hey, don't get the wool pulled over your eyes. He's also telling us, don't let wrong things lead you astray. Don't be mistaken about what this life is really about. Don't get entangled with all the stuff that this world is going to offer you and let it undo your life. What he's really saying is that there are plenty of temptations out there that will lead you in the wrong direction. Don't let them do that. Be aware because that's what they're all going to try to do as they tug at your heart and your mind. But then, then St. James tells us that every good is from above. That a life of true happiness and true security, one of regeneration and renewal, is only available, he says, from above, coming from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. This imagery comes from a very old way of looking at the night sky. Uh, the ancients looked to the heavens as a place of certainty, as a place where things were established versus the ever-changing nature of what we see in this world. Now, of course, the stars swing about in their seasons. We know that. And yet, the ancients always still viewed the stars in the sky as having a type of fixedness to it. Because you could always count on where you would find the North Star. You knew always where the constellations would be. And so sailors, they would use the night sky to come back on track. Lost travelers, they would look to the night sky to get right back on the path that they had tried to be on in the first place. The night sky, the stars, those lights that the Father in heaven created, they were the chart in the compass. Dare I say they were the original GPS of the ancient world. That's what God is for your life. St. James tells us right here. God alone is the one who can chart your life. He is the one that can make your path straight, guiding you home from anyone or any one of my wanderings into sin. And from him comes, James says, every good gift and every perfect gift. See, against the stuff this world offers, which is just stuff that perishes or leads us astray, God comes to you from above. And as he does, he becomes your shield from danger. He comes into your life and is your compass for your wanderings. He is the hope that you have every time when you have a storm in your life. Our Lord loves us and he encourages us again and again to look to him for stability and strength because he says he is the giver of every good and perfect gift and with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He never changes them. To assure us of this fact, James goes on and he says, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. James points us to the word of truth by which God brought us 
for. That means he has given us a new life. He has given us rebirth. He has given you and me new eyes, new ears, new hearts, and a new life by faith. And when James says this, folks, this word of truth is more than just the spoken and the written word. It's also the word that became flesh and lived and died for and among us as our brothers. He knew temptation and deception like us as he was tempted to give up the mission in Gethsemane. They called out and they tempted him to come off the cross, but Jesus didn't for us and for our salvation. He overcame our human mess by suffering what was due us, by going through what we go through daily so that we could be his forever in heaven. And then that word of truth, Jesus Christ, entered into the grave that awaits you and me, whether we like it or not. Jesus is the word of truth who gives us confidence every single day of our life that the word spoken by God isn't empty. It's that word of truth, Jesus Christ, that we can look to in his, his resurrection from the grave that reminds us that God's promises aren't empty to us, but he fulfills them time and time and time again. It's where you and I are to look every time this world calls out to us and tries to suck us in and to look away from Christ in his cross. It's so tempting. It's so tempting for you and me to put our faith aside and to forget about our faith and to cover up our faith when those voices call out to us in our life. But you know what, when they do, folks, those are the same voices that called to Christ while he hung on the cross for you and me. But just like Jesus, we are not to listen to them. They come to us in every single trouble in life. They tempt us. They point deceivingly to a vision that a Christian can still be a Christian and have a life without a cross. That we can have pleasure and no pain. That we can live however we want and never have to suffer any type of consequence. But you know what? When those voices come to you and attack you in your daily life like they do me, and they try to deceive you, Folks, there's only one place to turn in that moment. When the world tries to deceive you, when this world tries to tempt you, you need to look to, I need to look to, Christ's cross. On Calvary's cross, God offers you truth. The truth that comes from the Father of all truth. He calls your eyes from the limited vision of this world to the glories of heaven. He calls your ears from the empty promises and those chattering voices that are trying to lead you away from him to his pure voice that's always there to help you no matter what. He calls your heart and your mind and your life from the smallness of this world's thinking and living into something that is as big and as great as the heart of God. And he calls you, my friends, again and again and again through his word, through Sabbath. There's an old Jewish morning prayer that starts out like this. It says, blessed be the Lord God who has formed the lights. 
Folks, the lights may change and vary. But here James says the creator and the preserver of those lights never dies. And he also says that, you know what, all things that are good come from him. And because he never changes, that means God cannot give you anything that is not for your good in your life's eternal good. That means the salvation purchased and won by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is complete, and it is good for your life. It means that the gift of faith you have is good because it comes from the Father of lights, and he has placed it in you by the power of the Holy Spirit working through word in water. It means that when the word touches your life, it is always good because God's promise is that it only comes into your life for the reason and purpose for which he sent it. It means that your Lord and Savior, although this world is changing again and again, the goodness your Lord gives you in his sacrament is exactly that. It is only good because he promises he will only give you and me good things because we are his children through this holy name. And see, when you know and you are told that every good is from above and that the one who gives you all of those good things never changes, you can rest assured that None of his promises will ever change for you. Especially Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Do you realize what that means? Not only does the Father of lights give you every good from above. But as his children, my friends, he promises you that he will take even those things that are not good in your life and he will use them and turn them into his good for your life according to his good and gracious will. And it does not matter it does not matter if that not good thing in your life is a financial struggle or problems at work or struggles at school or, or a terrible teenager or an overbearing parent. It doesn't mean that if that not good thing, it doesn't matter if it is a marriage filled with hurt and anger and fighting and addiction, challenges at church or, or health issues of any sort. No, simply turn those things over to the Father of lights in prayer and let him turn them into good so that they work in accordance with his good and gracious will. Keep on going to your Lord and your Savior in his word and supper so that he can continually strengthen you so that no matter what's going on in your life, you can see and will always see that every good is from above. And my friends, when that happens, 
When that happens, you will receive the greatest good from above. Just a few verses earlier, James says this. He says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Amen.